Welcome to day 77 of the story that changes everything. Our readings for today are Judges chapters 13 through 15 and Psalm 32. Here's some thoughts to guide your reading for today. Chapter 13 opens with our now familiar lament. The Israelites again did things that the Lord saw as evil. But this time he handed them over to the Philistines. The previous story about Jephthah dealt with the Ammonites, a people from the east who were causing problems for the Transjordan tribes on the eastern side of the Promised Land. The Philistines rose out of the west, out of the Aegean area, in the late 13th century, and they primarily afflicted the tribe of Dan and those on the western side of the Promised Land. Although foreign to the area, the Philistines quickly adopted Canaanite culture and worship, in particular the worship of Dagon and the Baals, and they were uncircumcised. They posed a great military threat to the Israelites as well because of their ability to form iron tools and weapons, and they had chariots. The opening of the story of Samson centers on the unnamed wife of Manoah from the tribe of Dan. Like other key women in God's story, she's barren. God breaks into her barrenness with the promise of a son. The son will take a lifelong Nazarite vow and be the source of God's deliverance of Israel from the Philistines. Just as a reminder, the word Nazarite comes from the Hebrew word nazir, meaning dedicated. Numbers chapter 6 described this unique Nazarite vow as a commitment to God that, as described in this text, included remaining ceremonially clean by not touching dead things, abstaining from alcohol, and not cutting one's hair. Also of note in the text is that this child will be named Samson, meaning son, There may be some irony intended in naming Samson after the brightest object in creation when his story will end in darkness. Chapters 14 and 15 tell the story of Samson's marriage and first conflicts with the Philistines. Samson, now a young man, chooses for himself a wife among the Philistines. There are at least three problematic things that happen in this story if we read it carefully. The first is that Samson breaks one aspect of his Nazarite vow when he touches the dead lion and takes honey out of its carcass. It's no wonder he didn't want to tell his parents where the honey came from. Second, he breaks another part of his Nazarite vow when he throws a week-long wedding feast. Most biblical scholars argue that the original readers would just assume that unless the text specified differently, This week of celebration would be accompanied with lots and lots of drinking, thus breaking another part of Samson's vows. And third, he's intermarrying with people outside of Israel and with an uncircumcised people at that. The story of Samson certainly raises other concerns related to cycles of retribution and revenge. Nevertheless, the text narrates God as using this messy, vengeful story to bring about his purposes by limiting the Philistines' impact upon Israel and the Danites specifically. This story invites us to wrestle a bit with the providence and activity of God. God's activity through Samson does not limit his freedom, nor does it excuse Samson of the culpability of his poor judgments and often sinful decisions. And yet God can continue to work to try and bring about his purposes for the sake of Israel. However, that clearly doesn't mean that our actions don't matter because God can work out things no matter what we do. Samson's misdeeds have all kinds of negative repercussions, and yet they don't ultimately hinder the purposeful and redemptive work of Yahweh. 
In the town in which I pastor, there are an unusually high number of churches connected to my denomination. It's not unusual for a city or town where a denominational college or university has been in existence for over a century for several churches of that same denomination to exist around it. But I'm often asked by students if all these churches in our denomination in this town started intentionally or were they the result of church conflict and division? And the answer is probably both. Some, I'm sure, were planted missionally and with some intentionality. But without question, several came out of internal conflict between believers and out of painful church splits. However, as much as we grieve when church division happens, sometimes, not always, but sometimes, God is able still to use those accidental church planting moments to expand the kingdom of God and reach people who might not have been reached if the church hadn't divided. Does that mean God causes church splits? I certainly don't think so. But might it mean that God can redeem even our moments of ugly conflict and poor leadership? I certainly hope so. The psalm for today, Psalm 32, offers us a different path than the one chosen by Samson. As a person who can't handle living in a state of conflict, I can't imagine living Samson's life of tension and division. The psalmist imagines a much more attractive kind of life. The psalmist writes, The one whose wrongdoing is forgiven, whose sin is covered over, is truly happy. The one the Lord doesn't consider guilty, in whose spirit there is no dishonesty, that one is truly happy. When I kept quiet, my bones wore out. I was groaning all day long. So I admitted my sin to you. I didn't conceal my guilt. I'll confess my sins to the Lord, is what I said. Then you removed the guilt of my sin. That's why all the faithful should pray to you during troubled times. So the, the great flood of water, the Tohu and Bohu, won't reach them. I love that. That's the life of transparency, confession, and peace that brings joy. The story of Samson is neither happy nor exemplary, but it isn't completely absent from God's presence and work either. So read these texts carefully, looking for things you've never seen before. Journal your thoughts, prayers, and questions. And I have a riddle for you. What goes up but never comes down? Your age. See, it's possible to tell a riddle without the whole village being killed with the jawbone of a donkey over it. Our readings for tomorrow are Judges chapter 16 through 18. I'll talk to you tomorrow.